I'm Dr. Mark McCullough. Thank you for joining me again for a reading and discussion in Dante's Inferno. This time I will be reading from Canto 26 of the Inferno, translated by Mark Musa. Afterwards, as always, I will offer some brief, uh, actually not so brief this time, but some kind of discussion on a, what I consider to be a crucial uh, passage of the Inferno. Be joyful, Florence, since you were so great that your outstretched wings beat over land and sea, and your name is spread throughout the realm of hell. I was ashamed to find most uh, I was ashamed to find among the thieves five of your most eminent citizens, a fact which does you very little honor. But if early morning dreams have any truth, you will have the fate in not too long a time that Prato and the others crave for you. And were this the day, it would not be too soon. Would it had come to pass, since pass it must. The longer the delay, the more my grief. We started climbing up the stairs of boulders that had brought us to the place where we watched. My guide went first, and he pulled me up behind him. We went along our solitary way, among the rocks, among the ridges, crags, where the foot could not advance without the hand. I know that I grieved then, and now again I grieve when I remember what I saw. And more than ever, I restrain my talent, lest it run a course that virtue has not set. For if a lucky star or something better had given me this good, I must not misuse it. As many fireflies in the season when the one who lights the world hides his face least, in the hour when the flies yield to mosquitoes. As the peasant on the hillside a disease sees flickering in the valley down below, where perhaps he gathers grapes or tills the so soil, with just so many flames as the eighth of Bologia, shone brilliantly as I became aware when at last I stood where the depths were visible. As he who was avenged by bears beheld Elijah's chariot at its departure, when the rearing horses took to flight towards heaven, and though he tried to follow with his eyes, he could not see more than the flame alone, like a small cloud once it had risen high. So each flame moves itself along the throat of the abyss, none showing what it steals, but each one stealing, nevertheless, a sinner. I was on the bridge, leaning far over, so far that if I had not grabbed some jut of rock, I could easily have fallen to the bottom, and my guide, who saw me so absorbed, explained, There are souls concealed within these moving fires, each one swarthed in his burning punishment, Oh, master, I replied, from what you say I know now I was right. I had guessed already it might be so, and I was about to ask you, who's in that flame with its tip split in two, like that one which once sprang up from the pyre where Itoculus was placed beside his brother? He said, Within Ulysses and Diomed are suffering in anger with each other. Just vengeance makes them march together now. And they lament inside one flame the ambush of the horse become the gateway that allowed the Romans' noble seed to issue forth. Therein they mourn the trick that caused the grief of Dedema, who still weeps for Achilles, and there they pay for the palladium. If it is possible for them to speak from within these flames, I said, Master, I pray and repray you, let my prayer be like a thousand, that you do not forbid me to remain until the two-horned flame comes close to us. You see how I bent towards it with desire. 
Your prayer indeed is worthy of highest praise, he said to me, and therefore I shall grant it. But see to it your native, your, your tongue refrains from speaking. Leave it to me to speak, for I know well what you might ask. Perhaps since they are Greeks, they may not pay attention to your words. So when the flame had reached us, and my guide decided that the time and place were right, he addressed them, and I listened to him speaking. O you who are two souls within one fire, if I have deserved from you when I was living, if I have deserved from you much praise or little, when in the world I wrote my lofty verses, do not move on. Let one of you tell where he lost himself through his own fault and died. The greater of the ancient flame's two horns began to sway and quiver, murmuring just like a flame that strains against the wind. Then, while its tip was moving back and forth, as if it were the tongue itself that spoke, the flame took on a voice and said, When I set sail for Circe, who, more than a year, had kept me occupied close to Gaeta, before Aeneas called it by that name, not sweetness of a son, not reverence for an aging father, not the depth of love I own Penelope to make her happy, could quench deep in myself the burning wish to know the world and have experience of all men's vices, of all human worth. And so I set out on the deep and open sea with just one ship, and with that group of men, not many, who had not deserted me. I saw as far as Spain, far as Morocco, both shores, I had left behind Sardinia and the other islands where that sea encloses. I and my mates were old and tired men. Then finally we reached the narrow neck where Hercules pull, put up his signal pillars to warn men not to go beyond that point. On my right I saw Seville and passed beyond. On my left, Criuta had already sunk behind me. Brothers, I said, who through a hundred thousand perils had made your way to reach the West during this so brief vigil of our senses that is still reserved for us. Do not deny yourself experience of what there is beyond, behind the sun, in the world they call, they call unpeopled. Consider what you came from. You are Greeks. You are not meant to live like mindless brutes, but to follow paths of excellence and knowledge. With this brief exhortation, I made my crew so anxious for the way that lay ahead that then I hardly could have held them back. And with our stern turned towards the morning light, we made our oars our wings for that mad flight, gaining distance, always sailing to the left. The night already had surveyed the stars. The other pole contains. It saw ours so low it did not show above the, the ocean floor. Five times we saw the splendor of the moon grow full and five times wane away again since we had entered through the narrow pass. When there appeared a mountain shape, darkened by distance, that arose to endless heights, I had never seen another mountain like it. Our celebration soon turned into grief. From the new land there rose a whirling wind that beat against the forepart of the ship and whirled us round three times in churning waters. The fourth blast raised the stern up high and sent the bow down deep, as pleased another's will. And then the sea was closed again above us. 
So Canto 26 for me is the richest canto in all of Dante's Inferno. I know that's quite hyperbole. It's just personally for me very evocative, um, in part because as a as a teacher and um, as someone who as a teacher and someone who loves the great books and who loves to to compare and contrast uh, from classical and medieval and modern sources, that Dante's use of Ulysses is uh, provocative, and um, and I think it takes a, a, a some background in order to see how unique and provocative Dante's use of Ulysses is here. Um, right off the bat, remember that this Ulysses, or Odysseus, as, uh, as his name is pronounced, the, the Greek warrior, um, is, for, for most of us, we know this character from uh, Homer, um, and Dante did not read Homer. Dante did not have the Odysseus of Homer available to him, and so um, so if you're in a if you're in a great books class, um, you'd read you know the Iliad, the Odyssey, and then maybe in the second semester you'd read uh, Dante's Inferno, and you come you come upon this um, Canto twenty six, and you'd see here Ulysses, and um, so uh, and then you'd you'd compare the you know Dante's uh, use of Ulysses and his characterization of Ulysses with others, including Virgil's own uh, in, um, in the Aeneid, uh, particularly uh, in book two of the Aeneid, which I will talk about today. So, um, so understanding that, 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 that rich background of this character and how Ulysses is portrayed here as a false counselor, as someone who is, um, who is, in uh, the circle of deceivers, of, of, of the fraudulent, um, uh, combined with Diomedes uh, Di- or Diomed in this single flame that Dante witnesses, you know, sort of emerging from, from this hill like fireflies, he says. Um, uh, understanding that whole uh, business of what Dante is doing here, I think, is really quite crucial and something uh, that I get very excited about uh, when I read it. Um, so Dante entirely uh, creates this uh, this story of Ulysses. This is not something we find entirely in any classical uh, or certainly medieval sources. So Dante creates Ulysses out of sort of whole cloth. This idea that Ulysses um, leaves the the Isle of Circe and they they venture out and he does not return home, and they uh, you know they, they they go to he gives them this rousing speech and then they drown. Um, after uh, after many moons have passed, um, that's all Dante's creation, and yet uh, much of it is is sort of based uh, on uh, Virgil and specifically on Book Two of the Aeneid, uh, where um, Ulysses is described there as a inventor of crimes. Um, the inventor of crimes uh, that Ulysses is, of course, it, it could be generally applied to. Um, uh, many of the uh, performances and the speeches given in the Inferno, um, the, the kinds of performances, the kinds of speeches that were set to deceive um, the listener, in this case Dante. Um, but Ulysses, for me, represents pr- probably the greatest of all uh, these voices. Um, 
who are making an attempt to to first to for the the, the speaker uh, or rather for the listener the, in this case Dante who's listening to Ulysses story to pity him and we know that pity uh, in hell is uh, wrong because it um, uh, you know undermines the resolve of of the person to avoid sin and to increase uh, their um, their sort of uh, to to in, uh, to to increase virtue and to journey towards the towards God and uh, to sort of lock themselves into the beatific vision and not lose that um, and so pity uh, for the sinner or pity for the damned. Um, is to be avoided, and it's one of the crucial lessons of the entire of the inferno. Um, you don't pity others uh, th that are there. It's uh, it's contrary to to the just to justice, and it uh, as a as a lesson for us um, as as readers and as people living in this life. It um, it undermines our uh, our ability to fight the good fight. Um, and this is, you know, Ulysses as sort of the false counselor and the deceiver and the inventor of crimes is the exemplar writ large of uh, fraudulent behavior. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, Dante believed that lying and being fraudulent and telling false stories in, 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 in one way is, is worse uh, than, than sins of incontinence like lust and appetite. And worse than violence, I, I could even go so far as to say that, for Dante, lying to someone about what is crucial, is worse, the than killing, a person. Um, so that that's a provocative claim. It's 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 extreme because you know often we see, um, in these sins of of fraudulence and. Uh, in deception in this 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 final third part of hell we often see all the other uh, uh, sort of crimes all the other vices of, of 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 incontinence and violence we see them all kind of bundled together so they don't they don't come one without the other but um but dante is unique in his um in his condemnation of of lying and of fraudulent behavior and of of uh I think obscuring the truth, um, what is true, and so in in preparing some of my thoughts for today, I um, retraced some of Dante's own use of uh, of the uh, of the Ulysses uh, story, and of, I would say that the the one uh, classical text that Dante is very much uh, using and is in play here in in canto 26 is of course virgil and book two of the aeneid and there ulysses is described as the inventor of crimes and as a deceiver and he's described by this is very interesting now he's described in book two uh, 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 of the aeneid by sinon now sinon is uh, a captured Greek soldier who uh, who uh, who is playing a role in Ulysses's uh, deception of the Trojans. I mean, he is he is he pretends Sinon pretends that he has been abandoned by the Greeks and the Greeks have left. But in fact, Sinon is is a double agent here. He's a 
He's he's playing the role of the deceiver to the Trojans and his story of being abandoned by the Greek, abused and abandoned by Ulysses and uh, the Greeks is really a ploy uh, to sell uh, the Trojan horse and so that the Trojan horse can be introduced into Troy. And of course, uh, you know the story, uh, the, the, the soldiers that are hidden inside that horse can can uh, you know under under uh, under the night uh, escape and uh, t- uh, and destroy the city of, of Troy. So it's Sinon's uh, the tale in which Ulysses is described as a deceiver. And this is a bit of a performance by Sinon, but that is really what's on Dante's mind. And if you return to this uh, book too, you see that the whole performance of Sinon, his his ploy, his his way of um, making uh, the the Greek uh, the uh, Trojans that are listening to him um, uh, pity him, uh, pity his his plight. Um, all of that is is in in my opinion a model uh, for many of the performances that we see all throughout the Inferno, uh, really reaching back as far as Francesca, uh, and, and certainly uh, with in the Wood of Suicides and here with Ulysses, and there are several other episodes in which um, uh, the storytelling is, um, uh, the, 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 the storytelling is, uh, the goal of the storytelling is to deceive the listener into believing something that is untrue, and that belief uh, leads, to, uh, leads to damnation. So book two of uh, Virgil uh, and this character of Sinon is extremely important. And if you return to that book and you, and you reread um, you know, there's a couple good translations. I use the, I use, I, I usually use two translations of Virgil, the Mandelbaum, uh, and the Fitzgerald. Both, both of them are very good, and uh, and both of them sort of point out this, uh, bo- bo- rather, both of them sort of display this kind of um, uh, performative quality in the speech, um, the rhetoric that Sinon uses to deceive, um, how he's able to, um, you know. Uh, uh, break uh, the Trojans into two factions, uh, the ones that uh, believe him and the ones that uh, believe he's deceiving. And so you can read those translations and you think you get a tremendous insight into into the Inferno and why Dante has decided that he's going to set up uh, these, these various speeches. Um, I've said before on earlier uh, recordings that uh, Dante could have written the Inferno in very different ways and um, he, he could have made... Uh, it clear uh, that the what what the kinds of sins of the damned the damned could have just spoken very clearly and sometimes they do by the way uh, uh, they could have spoken of what their sin is and they could have exhibited a bit of their sin through the contrapasso but instead Dante very often uh, uh, sets up uh, these these narratives uh, these performances uh, that the damned uh, give and in these performances there is a um, uh, there is a there is a quality of ambiguity as to if uh, the question I often ask is you know, does do 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 the damned individuals actually understand uh, what what's what they're saying are they do they understand their their own um, uh, uh, fallenness do they understand their the, the nature of their damnation and um, and and sometimes it's 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 difficult to, to know um, and in that difficulty of understanding, uh, let's say Francesca is, uh, uh, you know, repeating the word love several times as if she still believes it. Um, in that difficulty in interpreting, 
we see that Dante himself is struck. And uh, really, he, his own um, character development as the pilgrim here in the Inferno is, um, is, is, is part of what's so exciting about reading the Inferno. So these are just not, you know, um, echoes of voices that give a moralistic tale uh, in an allegorical sense that these are you know these are these are sort of living selves performing uh, for the purposes uh, to, um, uh, to 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 attempt to deceive uh, deceive Dante so his uh, Dante's uh, condemnation of falsehood of course makes so much sense uh, in all of this and also in his own fear and in his own Dante's own anxieties about storytelling and to what degree has he participated in his own life as a poet in deceiving others into some of these myths, um, some of these uh, bigger uh, de deceptions. And I would say that that is, you know, to get to, to rush to the end here for a moment, you'd say that that's Ulysses' crime here, uh, that his uh, story to his own men, as he tells it, is a lie, right? That we are Greeks, we're not... We're not just we're not animals, but we're men, and we're meant to you know pass the, um, the the pillars of Hercules, and we're meant to go out into the world. There's something there. There's a bit of a lie there. There's a bit of a deception, not a bit of, but there's a huge deception uh, that that is very difficult to penetrate and has captured uh, by way of its seductive power many many uh, people, uh, many many souls. Uh, we find in Helm. So that's rushing to the end. Of course, uh, Ulysses's other uh, crimes are are well documented here. Um, he's first of all, uh, Dante would have first of all, Dante is very you know excited to uh, to 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 see him when he hears that. Ooh, this could be Ulysses. Let me talk to him. Virgil uh, suggests that he Virgil will be the one to talk uh, uh, to Ulysses since he since he knows him. <laughs> he wrote about him um, and can flatter him into speaking. And uh, he sort of protects, it's interesting that Virgil protects Ulysses in some way, uh, or prote rather protects Dante from Ulysses. So first his crime is he, he's Greek, right? He's Italian, you know, Dante is an Italian, is a descendant of the Trojans, that's part of the myth. And therefore, um, Ulysses is an enemy um, of, the, of, of, of the Italians, of Dante, uh, because he's Greek. So that's, that's his first kind of crime. Obviously, it's, it's not Dante's. Uh, you know, it's not Dante's big problem with him. It, um, his 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 sort of stated case, the reason why Ulysses is here in Canto Twenty Six, is he's a false counselor to his men. He, uh, or rather, he. Um, well, 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 I don't want to skip to that yet. But he created in creating the Trojan horse um, is a, the, the great symbol of fraud. So we think of. The Trojan horse has a kind of, um, you know, outward show, but inwardly, um, uh, you know, there's a disease or a cancer or uh, th there is a doom inside the gift. So it's a gift. No, it's not a gift. It's, in fact, a curse. And um, the, the, the mythology here is that uh, Ulysses himself had a role in creating uh, the Trojan horse. Um, again, if you're a student of Homer, you don't, you... Uh, you don't know this, right? This is not this is not part of the mythos of the Iliad and the Odyssey. This is, of course, a very different Odysseus, a very different character, of course, a hero. Um, but here in Dante, 
he is understood as, as much of the medieval world understood him as a kind of deceiver. And the Trojan horse is a symbol of a false gift, you know, sort of the curse that causes the destruction of a great city. Now, additionally, Odysseus, um, uh, ac according to uh, the sources that Dante was familiar with, tricked Achilles into joining the war. This is, it's a maybe a smaller crime, but he indeed did. And the, in that um, joining uh, of the war, uh, Achilles um, abandoned his own uh, love back in his homeland, who later after hearing uh, the news from Troy dies of grief. And so that's also a reason why, um, a reason why uh, uh, Odysseus will be is here and is um, is considered to be a bad guy. Um, and also uh, one of his crimes is uh, with Diomedes, which is which is he's with Diomedes not just for creating the ploy of the Trojan horse, but also in the theft of the statue of Athena, the Palladium, um, which is a which is also another uh, story about uh, about Odysseus or about Ulysses. Uh, that Dante would have been pulling on. So from all of those crimes, he is placed here. Um, but what I'm suggesting is that the story itself, the story of that Ulysses uh, ends up telling Dante uh, is about being uh, a false counselor. Now, all of these sources were taken from classical, uh, cl uh, most of them classical, um, uh, and they include, of course, Virgil, as I mentioned before, Ovid, has his own um, uh, a commentary uh, in the uh, 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 Ovid has his own commentary on Ulysses and Statius also uh, wrote, uh, you know, and in, 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 in attempted to write in well he it was unfinished but he attempted to write a whole epic poem on uh, on uh, Ulysses, um, and as I said before in book two, uh, Ulysses is called the uh, inventor. Of, of crimes. So what does Ulysses actually say in his speech? Well, um, he begins his speech like many uh, classical narratives in media race or in the middle of things, and he's given this kind of mini epic speech uh, to, to, to give. Um, uh, I'll talk a little bit about the end of this recording about how Dante, before the steals himself, or he he uh, sort of protects himself from the onslaught of what would attempt to be a kind of prideful speech. But he gives this speech about, you know, leaving Circe's island uh, and, and seeking out, um, uh, seeking out uh, the gl glories of human experience. Um, and uh, if you've ever read Ulysses by uh, Alfred Lord Tennyson, the great romantic uh, Victorian poet, uh, you, you understand that he... Uh, that Tennyson, had, you know, takes the Ulysses uh, there, and he sort of incorporates Dante's own um, use of of this kind of uh, you know grandiose uh, speech maker uh, to his men. And that that poem Ulysses uh, by Tennyson is all about you know never yielding uh, to to old age and going out there and being adventurous. And so many readers even read Dante as sort of a a celebration. Of, of what uh, Ulysses here is is making an attempt to um, to uh, to celebrate uh, for his men. I mean, who would disagree with you know uh, you know 
we were not, you know, made to live like mindless brutes, but to follow paths of excellence and knowledge. Well, that sounds incredible. And that's part of the performance of Ulysses here, insofar as that he, he's, his, his, um, his attempts to, to get his men to do what, they event what eventually leads to their death um, is uh, admirable in, 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 in one case. But I would argue that um, it's, it, it's, it's part of a lie, right? And the, the lying of, of this uh, you know, path of excellence and knowledge um, is really uh, about um, uh, crossing over uh, uh, boundaries and the, and the um, you know, it's very much like um, uh, 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 many of the, uh, the damned here in, in hell who have also um, exceeded uh, the boundaries that have been placed down for them. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an exceeding of boundaries um, and, uh, and it's, a, it's a kind of uh, uh, lack, we might say, of, of, of prudent moderation, of, uh, of knowing um, uh, the limits uh, of, of, of human experience and that human experience isn't just simply something to, to explore but also to, to understand uh, and be able to measure and be able to uh, control to some degree. And so this is part of um, uh, what, you know, the accepted uh, modern idea of, of, oh, well, it's, isn't this wonderful what Ulysses here is, is, is making a suggestion uh, to do, but I would say that this is part of the, of the, 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 the malicious lie um, that this is what man uh, is only supposed is is supposed to do only right, and the mountain that they see at the end of of this of the canto is the Mount of Purgatory, and so if Ulysses in many ways made an attempt uh, to reach uh, to reach the beatific vision, to reach that which is greatest and what what man has been um, uh, uh, made for. Uh, then, then in fact, he's he's failed and he's failed miserably, uh, and yet he still he still continues to tell this tale. Um, so a bit of pathos there at the end when um, when 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 Ulysses himself is uh, dr drowns with with the men, um, uh, but 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 certainly uh, a a story of overreach, and important to reference uh, the the opening of the Inferno in that. You know, Dante himself found himself like a mini Ulysses midway through the journey of his life, lost, you know, sort of lost there. And even in the first canto of the Inferno, he sees the Mount of Purgatory, but is unable to unable to get there because of the beasts that stand in his way. Uh, and then Virgil comes along in Canto 2 to help him out. Um, he, in a way, is like Ulysses insofar as that he, um, you know, is a, is a poet and a storyteller and a journey and a journey person and a journey person, a journeyman, and um, and uh, sort of almost falls into this uh, romanticism of exceeding the limits and, and surpassing uh, the uh, the boundaries uh, and the pillars of Hercules. On the other hand, uh, Dante has steeled himself already by saying um, by saying to himself earlier in Canto Twenty Six for him uh, to make sure that he. Uh, do, does not run the course that virtue has not set. This is line 22 and 23. He says, um, oh, well, line uh, 21, and more than ever I restrain my talent, lest it run a course that virtue has not set. 
for if a lucky star or something better has given me this good, I must not misuse it. And you, it sounds as if Ulysses is someone who has misused his talent, has misused his heroism, and it's led to it's led to the death it's led to the death of these men. It's led to the death of his crew. It's also led to him um, being damned and not being able to reach uh, what his heart uh, wants him to reach, which is this kind of um, which is this sort of uh, the beatific vision. Now, of course, he can't enter into it as a, as a pagan. Um, and so Dante is looking at Ulysses like a Virgil-like uh, character insofar as um, whatever classical or, or pagan virtues he may have, they, they fall short, according to Dante. Um, but even more so, they, they fall short because they're a lie. And Dante, I believe, would say that that Ulysses intended of course he's an inventor of crime so it's it's a malicious intent to deceive others um, the performance that that Ulysses gives is, is not does not make it clear to us uh, that he knows this but that's part of the performance right is that you're never quite sure uh, whether the um, the you're not really sure as in Yeats words um, the difference or the distinction between the dance and the dancer. Um, and so the speech sort of becomes Ulysses, and Ulysses becomes the speech. He becomes his own lie. Um, and so Dante, really early in this canto, is sort of uh, warning us of the consequences of not restraining your talent. Yeah? Not restraining... Uh, the kind of talent that you have, in his case, being a writer, being a storyteller, uh, being kind of a seller of dreams and, and dream making, uh, to be a little sentimental and modern and contemporary about this. That is to say that um, uh, the, the idea of, 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 of being a poet and of idealizing a certain uh, ways of looking at the world, uh, whether they include the, the romance of Francesca, uh, the, 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 the the or or any of the stories that are told here in in the inferno including ulysses and so ulysses's uh, own drowning here at the end uh, kind of represents many things one it's a warning that dante offers to himself and dante doesn't give any ulysses any response right it's not like francesca or maybe some of the earlier um uh damned that he encountered where he'd actually speak to them and you could you could feel that dante was was being burdened by the words that he was listening to and that he was overcome with pity. No, Dante's not overcome with pity here. Um, he has he has begun to protect himself uh, against these kinds of lies and the lies that he himself might, might offer or any poet for that matter offer about heroism, about war, about exploration, about love, romantic love. And any of these idealizations are potential um, uh, sort of damnable lies, right? That leads one to to uh, uh, leads leads one to structure one's life uh, around uh, these uh, the truth uh, of these of these idealizations. So Dante resists this, and you know here we are in Canto twenty six. We've got what it's sort of eight more cantos to go, but. Um, but you can see that Dante is, has, has not just learned, but he has been able to practice um, the art of silence. So I don't think that's too much reading into this. I think that's a, you know, it's a very important 
um, passage uh, for and and you know exhibition of Dante's own silence and how his he's he's learned so he's going to practice it a couple more times before the conclusion uh, of of hell and um, and we'll be able to see that there as well. Um, I want to just return before before I conclude for today to that episode of Sinon that's back in the. Um, uh, that's back in book two of the Aeneid. And I really do strongly believe that Sinon's speech in book two is, uh, is, is, the, is one of the crucial models for these performances. And again, he speaks, Sinon in that passage speaks falsehood. But there's some truth in his story, just as there's truth in all of these stories that are told by the damned in hell. There's some, there, there's some uh, sort of uh, truth uh, but it's been perverted, it's been inverted, um, and, uh, uh, and then Sinan shows us that there in book two. Um, and he also, Sinan also refers to, to Ulysses in his speech, and of course Ulysses he's in, he's in cahoots with, and yet he speaks of, of Ulysses as the inventor of crimes. So he speaks rightly uh, of, of, of Ulysses, even though he's, he's uh, we might say, lying and his goal is not is not the truth but his goal is to deceive so um so storytelling and in specifically this kind of invention and false fiction is a is a key component uh, uh there in book two it's a key component in the greeks defeat of troy and the destruction of that of the of, of of troy uh but in dante it too is a key component of how falsehood and so-called truths can you get us to you know first pity uh, uh, characters like Sinon, and then we lack the resolve uh, uh, to live rightly. It also uh, undermines our ability to see the truth, to see the truth of what is actually there. I mean, um, so Lao Kun uh, and, and is dragged into the sea. I mean, Lao Kun is, of course, the, the, the figure there in Book 2 that warns uh, the Trojans against it. He says, this is a ploy, this is a trick. We know Ulysses. We know what he does, um, Sinon is one of the Greeks, and so you're not to trust him. But they don't believe him, and in fact, Laocoon is just, is is uh, is attacked by by the serpent, by the sea monster, which of course harkens back to our discussion last time on the thieves and their uh, metamorphosis into serpents in uh, in 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 Canto twenty four and twenty five. Um, but we also, I think finally, we also receive a kind of false gift, right? A gift, it's a ruse, it's not free of craft, but we receive a kind of uh, a gift uh, in, in the form of a story uh, that helps us organize our lives, uh, but then ends up destroying us, just as the Trojan horse, too, uh, destroyed uh, the Trojans, right? It was looked at as a gift, um, and uh, we, we sort of, in... in, in you know, in, metaphorically, we kind of uh, internalize that gift, right? We internalize that Trojan horse, and and it grows in us in a way that sets to destroy us. Um, so the parallel between Sinon's story and and sort of Dante's um, uh, sort of dramatization of uh, these these various stories in the Inferno, I think, is very important. Um, it has been mentioned. Uh, it's mentioned. In, by Hollander to some degree, but I don't think has been articulated uh, well enough. It's something I hope to to actually write uh, my book about, um, which is this uh, performative qualities uh, of these of these um, deceptive characters and and the way in which it parallels our own uh, 
um, our own uh, givenness to 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 believe in in half truths, um, and that that is that truth that we are susceptible to half truths and to deceptions, especially as of of characters like Ulysses, um, uh, is something Dante is really warning us against. It's the warning inside the warnings, right? It's the it's it's yes, it's about soul, but it's also about ourselves and our identity and how our own performances and our own stories that we tell ourselves uh, can ruin us. So thank you for joining me this time. I will, uh, I will return with Canto 27, and uh, I, hope to, uh, I hope to have more to bring you at that time.